Hey, I'm Duan Hill, and you're listening to Hey Wise Guys, ideas for creatives about what matters most. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hey Wise Guys podcast, season three. Hey, if you enjoyed season one and season two, it would help me out a lot if you shared this podcast with a friend or give me a great rating on Apple Podcasts. I want as many people to hear this as I can, and your support would help me do that. To be honest, I really didn't know what season three was going to be about for a while, but now I have something I want to share. And more than something to share, I want to invite you into a process of learning. I'm reading this book with a small group at my church. This book is called The Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd, and it's an exploration of the emotions. And uh, I'm wondering, how are you doing? Are you okay? How are you dealing with all the craziness going on? That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's jump in. Well, it's been a crazy few weeks here in Nashville and all over the world. I am stunned and I honestly don't know how to feel about many things that have happened. And it's been difficult to be motivated to record another season of this podcast. But I realize that in challenging times, I have two options. I can either be afraid and cower against the odds of recovery, or I can be brave and courageous and go for it. So this season of episodes is an honest, vulnerable exploration of my emotions as a father, as a husband, as a man, a black man, a pastor, and most importantly, a Christian. Unless you've been under a rock somewhere, I'm sure you have been inundated with unbelievable news over the past three months. Here in Nashville, it feels like trouble and challenge and disaster has been nonstop. Earlier this year, we experienced some of the worst tornadoes and storms we've seen in decades Huge sections of our city were torn to pieces within minutes. And I remember being in my house that night, feeling like I had no control over what could happen to my home and to my family. Not long after that, a virus broke out and hit our country in many ways like it hit other countries before us. And before we knew it, Nashville looked like a ghost town. Many people were laid off from their jobs. Hospitals were overrun with sick patients. Nearby nursing homes were evacuated to try and counteract the deadly disease. Children left school, were home, many cases fending for themselves or with a parent trying to teach lessons and keep up with curriculum that was supposed to be taught in a local school. I mean, it was just unbelievable how quickly a normal day, a normal week, a normal city 
could be transformed into something that resembled history. And that's what it's felt like the past few weeks. It felt it's felt like we've been in a history book. And maybe not a history book, but a fiction book, a sci-fi novel. I mean, there hasn't been a couple of months like this in my lifetime for sure and many, many generations before. But if that was the end of this crazy few weeks that we've experienced, that would be enough. But it kept going. Not long after that, we saw the horrible murder of Ahmad Arbery. And the nation was shocked with the footage of a black man running in a neighborhood and being gunned down by two white men. It was heartbreaking. It was gut-wrenching. It was hard to watch. And I remember not long after that, I wondered, I mean, this, this is surely as bad as it can get. I mean, between January and April, there's no way that this could get any worse. And because of the Ahmad case, I decided to watch a movie that I really should have watched beforehand. It was a movie called Just Mercy, and it's based on a book by Brian Stevenson. Brian Stevenson is a well-known attorney who is still fighting for the rights of minority inmates on death row. I actually have a humbling story about that movie. I was in Detroit, Michigan playing for an event last year and I got in the car on the way from my hotel to the event and another man got in the car beside me. Well-dressed man in a tuxedo and not long after we got in the car we started talking about the event. He started sharing how he was excited to be there and He started sharing about his passion for social justice and equal rights, especially for minority people of color. And soon after, I chimed in with my (laughs) little thoughts about my passions and what I thought people should be doing in the world to make it a safer, more equal place for everybody. And he was courteous. He he talked and shared uh, more information about what he did. He asked what I was doing, and uh, it was a great conversation. Well, Little did I know, until the event started, they introduced the keynote speaker, and the keynote speaker was the same guy who rode in the car with me from the hotel to the venue, and this keynote speaker was Brian Stevenson, the main character, the lawyer, the attorney, in the movie Just Mercy. And I couldn't believe how I had already met this man and didn't recognize who he was, I had put my foot in my mouth, I'm sure, rather than listening to this great honorable man who has done so much for the community at large. And his speech was phenomenal. It was one of the best I've ever heard. And when we got back in the car, I was a sponge. I asked him so many questions about his experience and what it was like to be on the front lines of justice for so many people who couldn't help themselves and he was so courteous he even plays piano so we connected there on gospel piano and um when i decided to watch the movie uh not too long ago it really did something in my heart it touched me in a very very deep place to the point 
that after the movie was over, I couldn't even sit on my couch. Laura and the kids were already asleep. And I got down on my knees in my living room and I prayed. I didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless. I felt insecure. I felt ignorant. I felt anger. And it revealed something in my heart that I couldn't quite process by myself. And I believe in prayer. I believe in talking to God. But one of the things that prayer does is that it shines light like a mirror. It reflects light on our hearts so that we really see what's going on on the inside. So, like I said, I watched Just Mercy, the movie, not long after Ahmaud Arbery was was shot and killed. And again, I thought, surely this year can't get any worse. I was wrong. Not three weeks later, the news of Breonna Taylor and, of course, George Floyd hit the airwaves like an atomic bomb. I mean, it completely wrecked and decimated so many people, including me. And I didn't know what to do. You know, it seemed like so many other people knew the right answers. They, they knew how to protest or they knew how to pray the right words or they knew who to call. And many people even said that if you're not saying anything, if you're not acting, if you're not being on the front lines of what's happening to make a change, then you are compliant. You are complicit with the problem. And I understand that. I get that. And I actually agree that inaction and apathy stifles the movement, the forward motion of justice. But in my case, I didn't know how to step forward because here's the truth. I'm not very good at processing my emotions. Before all this happened, I felt very strongly that the life group that I lead here in Nashville should go through this book called The Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd. I heard about this book from my sister-in-law, L.A., uh, who's a licensed counselor, and she's been sharing some of the truths of this book with um, our team at church. And it's a really, really interesting look and study and explanation of what happens in our heart as it relates to emotions. And I don't want to speak in general terms or put a lot of men or all men in the same category. But in my experience, my personal experience in my life, emotions have not been a strong suit for me. And in a lot of my relationships, my male relationships, expressing those emotions faithfully and authentically has not been something that I've done well. So I thought it would be good to study that long before I thought all this craziness was going to happen in our world. And in fact, after everything went down, after everything got out of hand, I actually considered, well, maybe I should study racial reconciliation or maybe I should read a book on environmental health and political policies to 
really make a tangible effort to make a change in this world. And you know what? I applaud that path. I think it's exactly what many people should do. But I just wasn't ready to do that much. It wasn't from a place of stagnation as much as it was a place of contemplation. What do I feel right now? Am I angry? Am I disappointed? Am I frustrated? What is going on in my heart? And how can I be sure that I'm a healthy person, a healthy man? Because how can I lead my wife in this fight against injustice? Or this fight against this pandemic, COVID-19? Or this fight against a horrendous, devastating tornado? How can I do that if I can't even express how I feel? How can I raise my black son and daughter in a world that looks at them differently? If I can't explain to them what anger is. How can I protest or vote if I am not aware of my emotional health? Now, this is not to say that my emotions are the foundation of my life and that my emotions drive my every decisions or that my emotions are all that matter right now. But here's the thing. I do think that what goes on in my heart is very, very critical in how I see the world and how I react to the world and how I stand against the evil in the world. In scripture, the writer of Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I haven't thought about that scripture in this way, but how do you think in your heart? (laughs) I often separated thinking and feeling as two processes that are not related. I feel an emotion and I let that be what it is, or I think a thought and I process what that is. But one of the things that Chip Dodd teaches in this book that we're reading is that If you don't deal with or consider or think about and connect your mind to your emotions with the foundation of the spirit of God, you're missing out on the fullness of life. You see, living life without emotions is like eating food without taste buds. You can do it. You can be alive but you won't really be living a full life that you were designed to live. Or it's like seeing life in black and white instead of vivid colors. You could see everything. You could probably make it out of your house and get to work and get back home safely, but you really wouldn't experience the world the way it should be if you're not able to sense and feel and process what you feel. In the first couple of chapters of his book, Dodd writes that there are eight feelings, eight primary feelings that every person experiences. 
And we're going to get to those feelings throughout this season. But the one thing I want everyone to remember right now is feelings are good. And that's new information for me. You know, I remember growing up and (laughs) I remember preachers saying very clearly that you cast out fear. And if you're sad, you are sinning. You're not supposed to be sad. You're not supposed to be down. Um, Jesus cast out all shame. Jesus defeats guilt. And you know what? These things are still true. Please, please don't get me wrong. I believe that what those preachers were saying and what the scripture says and teaches about these emotions are true. However, I think that what we've missed sometimes as teachers of the gospel is that God made emotions in the first place. Emotions were part of God's plan from the beginning. And they weren't part of a fallen plan. They were part of his holy and good plan. And I'm still walking through this truth. It's not an easy thing to switch from one mindset to another. But what if anger in and of itself can be righteous? I mean, if you remember this particular scripture, be angry and sin not. That would suggest that there's a way to have righteous anger that is just and holy. What if sadness is not something to be avoided, but an invitation to really value what's important? The Bible encourages us to mourn with those who mourn. It says that blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Somehow there's a connection between mourning and blessing. What if fear keeps you away from things that are dangerous for you? You know, often the scripture that you've probably heard, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You probably also have heard that that doesn't mean that you should be afraid of God to know things. (laughs) It actually means that in awe of God and reverence of God, the acceptance that God is bigger and better than anything that we could ever attain. That is the beginning of wisdom. But that doesn't seem to be the same type of fear that we hear about when things are discussed as a spirit of fear or being a coward. So here's the point that Chip Dodd is making. Emotions are feelings that God created for us to experience a full life. And what we do with those emotions, how we process those emotions, how we categorize those emotions and live through those emotions are big factors in whether or not we live a full, purpose-filled life. I'll be honest, one of the things that I struggle with as a man is self-esteem. I think I'm pretty good at a lot of the things that I do. Um, I think I'm good at music. I believe I'm good at teaching. I believe I'm good at communicating. But the reason that I know that self-esteem, even though it's advertised to be something that you should work or try to have and achieve, self-esteem is a dangerous thing to stand on. And here's why. 
basically, Chip Dodd explains that when you build your life on how you feel about yourself and the internal confidence that you build from achieving and doing things well, you actually build on sand. There's no root system there. And when challenges come like a tornado or COVID-19 or racial injustice, it's hard to keep moving forward when the things that are bringing you confidence seem to be falling all around you. What do you do when your best efforts don't produce anything? How do you keep going when the fight doesn't seem to be progressing in your favor? You know, I've lived my life based on this statement. I do, therefore I am. My achievement, my success, my talents, my skills determine who I am. But as you can probably guess, that's a bad way to live because as soon as one of those achievements is not recognized or as soon as a product goes out of style, I have nothing left. The truth is, I am, therefore I do. And this is what this season is going to be about. We're going to talk about how do you build on the rock of Christ Jesus and process your emotions as the world seems to be falling down around you. So my question to you is simple. Are you okay? Have you taken time to really make an assessment of what you're feeling? Are you moving in haste simply to validate an identity that's built on sand? I don't know if that's the best way to go. Yes, we need action. Yes, we need movement. But with everything going wrong outside, we need the inside of our hearts to be whole. Let's allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to wash our hearts, to renew our minds, to even give us a new heart, so that when we do act, we change the world. Wow, isn't that voice amazing? <laughs> this is my friend Trula Malloy. I met her probably two years ago. We go to church together at National Life Church, and uh, we serve on the worship team there together. But she has her own music out, a new project out called Prologue. It's got an amazing, amazing vibe and an amazing message um, that's only surpassed by her heart for Jesus. Uh, I really want you to check it out. Her name is Trula Malloy. The record's called Prologue. This song is called Oh My Dear.
Thanks for hanging out with me today. You're welcome to join the reading plan with me. Uh, we've only read through chapters one and two, so you can catch up. Um, next week, we'll be talking about hurt and loneliness. I think it's going to be uh, really interesting. The book is called The Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd. Also, I would love if you could subscribe to this podcast and give me a great rating on Apple Podcasts. That's if you like what you hear. Uh, it helps to ensure that people, that you stay up to date with what's coming out and it helps spread the word for other listeners to check it out as well. All right. I'm really looking forward to next episode in season number three. I hope to see you right here on the Hey Wise Guys podcast. I'm Dwan Hill. I love you guys. Hope to see you next time. Peace. Thank you.